Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. What's the best way to fish like a local? What if you could book a trip with an experienced local guide with the click of a button? Now you can with Fishing Booker. Now anyone can access enjoyable fishing experiences anywhere. Take the legwork out of setting up that trip and explore more than 30,000 fishing experiences at your fingertips. Just go to fishingbooker.com to get started and book your trip with a local guide. That's fishingbooker.com. Fishing Booker. Fish like a local. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, your guide to the fundamentals of better deer hunting. Presented by First Light, creating proven, versatile hunting apparel for the stand, saddle, or blind. First Light. Go farther, stay longer. And now, your host, Tony Peterson. Hey everyone, welcome to the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, which is brought to you by First Light. I'm your host, Tony Peterson, and today's episode is all about our hunting regrets and how to avoid them in the future. Life uh, mostly sucks and then you die. Hopefully not by a crocodile attack, which is one of my worst fears after very recently going down a rabbit hole on saltwater croc information. I'm sure there are worse ways to shed your mortal coil than getting pulled under by, I don't know, a giant dinosaur lizard that probably should have gone extinct like 50 million years ago, but that's way on the top of my list. Anyway, life doesn't actually always suck, and that's a good thing. But one way that life does suck for all of us at different points is that we all have regrets. We have all experienced things that we wish we would have done, but we didn't, and those things haunt us. That's what this podcast is all about. Although it'll be more cheerful than I'm leading on. Trust me. Is there a sweeter feeling than making a prediction about something and then that something actually happens? No. Well, unless your prediction is that, I don't know, all of our over-the-counter elk hunting opportunities are going to go away. And from here on out, the chance to chase bugles in the mountains is going to be greatly diminished for the average hunter. That's one you actually don't want to be right about. Or, I guess, if you follow the stock market and there's a company you're interested in that you think could go on to make tons of money, and you think, I need to buy some shares in that company, I know it's going to explode. But you don't. Then guess what happens? That company invents a new widget or they announce a partnership with Apple or something, and then boom. Your little $4 a share stock suddenly jumps to $40 a share, and you realize that you could have had your dream beach house and maybe put your kids through a sweet college, 
but instead you're just some poor loser who knew, just absolutely knew that buying into that company was the right call. This is called hindsight bias, and it's ripe in the world of finances. It's mostly a psychological issue that is also known as creeping determinism or knew-it-all-along phenomenon. That's not actually a joke, my friends. It's called that. It's a weird thing that we all do, where once an event happens, we think we predicted it, and that makes us feel two things overconfident in our abilities to see the future, and sad that we didn't act on those predictions, at least when those predictions are actionable. Like during the dead years of Microsoft's reign under Steve Ballmer, where the stock traded sideways before finally finding its legs and shooting up to the moon while making lots of people who stuck around insanely wealthy. This is happening in the stock market right now, due at least partially to the artificial intelligence feeding frenzy out there. Every earnings report where companies can talk about their artificial intelligence ambitions is an attempt to be a part of the it crowd, to attach themselves to this, what some might call a little bit of a bubble. They want to be a part of this AI movement. They want to capitalize on it. So do the average people who want to buy into stocks. The thing is, even if your gut said you should have bought Palantir Technologies or Google or whatever, if you didn't at whatever time, you probably weren't that convinced. After the fact, of course, you know that you were right. But during the moment, you didn't believe it. At least so much that you dumped a bunch of your money into those tickers and crossed your fingers. This isn't limited to the Wall Street bets crowd over there on Reddit either. Hindsight bias is rampant in our lives, and it mostly sucks. But it's also a reminder that you don't have to suffer regret unnecessarily all of the time. You can take control of your life and your hunting future, at least to some extent. Look at it this way. You want to own land, right? Of course you do. We all do. But land is expensive, and it's always expensive. And interest rates suck right now, and there will be a better time for you to pull a trigger, right? No, there probably won't. Land is going to stay expensive, and it's going to get more expensive, and interest rates might come down or they might go up, but the truth is, it's not likely to get any easier for you or I to buy something unless a rich uncle we have gets eaten by a crocodile and we suddenly find ourselves the benefactor of this diligent saving and is untimely chomping to death. I have experienced this on the land front recently a lot. Back in 2015, I bought 30 acres in north central Wisconsin that was priced like a couple from Chicago owned it and they didn't ever want to use it and were sick of paying the property taxes on it. So I got it at a good price, but it didn't seem like crazy cheap then. And it was still a lot of money for me at the time. When I paid that property off, another parcel 100 yards down the road came up for sale It was a little bigger, had some ag on it, which is like an animal gold mine in that region, and was generally priced pretty well for the time. I looked at it a lot. I thought about it a lot, but I decided I wasn't interested in immediately putting myself into more debt right after clawing my way out of my last land debt. And you know what happened, right? That property sold. And since I'm right next to it often, I get to see the deer that use it. This year in July, I drove by that property on my way to work on my ground, and there was a very nice velvet buck 
nice eight-pointer standing in their field, just taunting me. I should have figured out a way to buy it, because I regret it now, and I knew, and I mean, I just knew it was going to be a good deer property. It's also probably worth double what it was just seven years ago, maybe more. This happens on a smaller scale with hunting too. It's not all about real estate. Most years, Minnesota and Wisconsin open their bow season on the same Saturday in mid-September. This forces me to make a choice on which state I'm going to hunt. But every so often, Wisconsin has an opener that is a week earlier than Minnesota. The last time this happened, I was stoked. I knew I was going to hunt both states on back-to-back weekends and not miss out on anything. And since Wisconsin was up first, I hung some stands, I scouted my happy ass off, and I had a pretty solid plan for opening weekend. What I wasn't super confident in was a morning stand that I had that was in a staging area off of some destination food. I knew I could probably get there undetected, but there was a chance I'd blow the whole spot up. I also knew from in-person scouting and trail cameras that there were some bucks using the trail right by the stand and that one of them was still in velvet. I don't know why this is, but it's just cool arrowing a velvet buck. And it's really, really cool to do it in a state where it's very rare to even see one during bow season. Anyway, that opening morning alarm went off and I sat in bed and I talked myself out of going. I had a really good evening planned. And so I skipped the morning, but I didn't feel good about it. And I really didn't feel good about it when I went in there later that day and I checked my camera by that stand. That velvet eight pointer went right on through late in the morning. Now, if I had been there, you know, he might've winded me. He might've saw me. He might've heard me going in. He might not have gone through. I'll never know. What I do know is that I think about that decision and that buck a lot more than I should. I just knew I should have gone and I didn't, or at least that's kind of how I think about it now. The truth is I made a call and it turned out to be a bad one, but I did kill a buck that evening, which is kind of crazy, but he wasn't that velvet eight and I don't know why, but it still stings. Hunting is like that, but mostly we don't know who came through when we weren't there. That's probably a good thing. Otherwise, we'd be all depressed even more than we already are. Hey, here's a simple but very meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. These are great, dude. These are really nice things to give to people. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things they can't be there for, from family vacations to their grandkids' graduation. Let's say your mom comes out. You take a bunch of pictures of your mom with your kids or whatever. When she goes home, you can greet her at home with all those pictures you just took on the frame. And you can also keep her up to date by updating the frame from afar. It's all done online. It's a ton of fun. comes with unlimited storage and simple controls on the frame so you can upload as many photos as you want and mom can pick the perfect one. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and Wired. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Make sure you use the promo code MEATEATER because for a limited time, 
you can get $20 off their best-selling frame with that code, the code being Meat Eater. Auraframes.com, promo code Meat Eater. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. Just borrow it and get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. What's the best way to fish like a local? What if you could book a trip with an experienced local guide with the click of a button? Now you can with Fishing Booker. Now anyone can access enjoyable fishing experiences anywhere. Take the legwork out of setting up that trip and explore more than 30,000 fishing experiences at your fingertips. Just go to fishingbooker.com to get started and book your trip with a local guide. That's fishingbooker.com. Fishing Booker. Fish like a local. Hindsight bias happens in other ways, too. I'm experiencing some serious, and I do mean serious, FOMO right now. I'm not going elk hunting this fall, and in fact, I'm not going west at all this whole season, at least unless something changes, which I don't think is going to happen. And I know I only have so many elk hunting opportunities left, and I could probably swing an early season hunt this year if I wanted to, but my September is going to be busy. And the girls and I have some bear tags and some other plans. And I'm trying to ignore the fact that I know, I just absolutely know that my elk hunting partner is going to go have an amazing time in the mountains and he'll probably kill a bull right where I was going to hunt. But that's enough bitching about that on my part because you know what? That's life. Complaining about not going on another elk hunt because you get to bear hunt with your daughters is dumb. Complaining that you didn't buy Google back when the internet looked like it was created by kindergartners is dumb. Losing sleep over a 110-inch buck that walked by your stand when you were snoozing away, it's dumb. But all of those things are lessons. To experience regret now is to understand how to possibly avoid regret later. How's that for a philosophical quote you definitely never get from that guy, Mark Kenyon? The truth is, you're going to face many, many choices in your hunting life and throughout this hunting season. As we gear up to get going, ask yourself what you can do. What situations in your life are ripe for regret if you don't take care of them, if you don't do them? Are you talking yourself out of an opportunity because it'll be easier to just not go? Will it save a fight at home? What's the motivation for your decisions? Or let's look at this another way. What's a hard decision you could make this year that will most likely cause you to not regret it? I'll start. It's not going elk hunting. I want to, selfishly, for all the obvious reasons. 
But I know if I stay home and I can bait bears more and set up for the early deer season better, and I can spend some time fishing with my girls when the trout will be hungry and the smallmouth will be schooling up, I'm not going to regret it. Now, is that stuff as cool as arrowing another bull in the high country? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. But the right decision is sometimes shrouded in mystery when you make it. What's going on in your life where you could make a better hunting decision now? One that will wipe away some potential regret and give you the feeling that you'd have now if you looked into your brokerage account and saw a cost basis for your Apple shares that is in the single digits. Let's look at an easy one here. How much are you shooting your bow? If the answer is not much, okay. But what's something you'd likely regret for the rest of your life? How about missing a buck that you could easily have hit well? Or worse, how about hitting one poorly when you have a perfect shot lined up in front of you? Maybe there's nothing you could really do about a whiff or a bad hit, but oftentimes there is. Maybe it's a matter of taking 15 minutes today and tomorrow and the next day to shoot your bow. Because if you sit in that stand or saddle and that buck of your dreams walks into 23 yards and you shoot over his back or under his belly because you're straight up shook, as the kids would probably say, you know what? You'll get to experience hindsight bias in real time. Because you'll not only think about how you knew you should have executed better during the shot, but how you could have shot more all summer long and you didn't. You just knew you should, but you didn't. Let's take that example and go a step further. This summer has been hot. So stupid hot, in fact, that it's kind of crazy in a lot of places. Going out to work on stands and to scout deer on many of the days we've had this summer, just straight up nightmare fuel and mostly a non-starter for a lot of folks. But what if you could have? And if you had, you would have trimmed your stand sights up nicely so you could shoot the most likely spots for a buck to be. But you didn't. And now it's mid-September. There he is, mowing away on the beans while you couldn't get an arrow through there to save your life, which ironically saves his life. What will you regret if you don't do it? What's something you could do now to alleviate that sinking feeling of suddenly knowing you should have done something, something that you knew you should do and you didn't? Maybe it's as simple as you've been seeing some bucks in a certain corner of a field and you know you should get a blind in there or a stand even though you have a setup already in place that's just down the wood line another 150 yards. Guess what's going to happen on opening weekend if you don't set up right where you know you should? Or how about this? I recently got permission to hunt 25 acres by my house. Now that might not sound like much, but where I live, it is. It's a huge win for me and the girls. The downside was the guy who gave me permission has been kind of flaky, or I thought he was anyway. The first few times I tried to get him to commit to taking a quick walk back there on his land to see the property lines and just what his ground has to offer, he either didn't respond or always had some excuse. I could just feel that permission slipping away and was hit with the old familiar feeling of being excited about something only to really be disappointed soon after. I told myself it was a lost cause and I almost gave up. But looking at the bulldozers and the McMansions popping up on that only spot within two hours of my house that I have permission prompted me to give it one more go. I hate bothering people and have grown to really, really hate talking to strangers. So it was easy for me to adopt the mindset of the whole thing being another lesson learned. But I texted the guy anyway and just said that my schedule was open for a quick walk if he was available. I left it at that. 
And he responded with a time to come over and said, get on over here. And he couldn't have been nicer. And I couldn't quite believe it when I was standing over a secluded pond in the middle of his property, looking at a stupid good spot to set up a blind. And then I couldn't quite believe it when I saw some long beards feeding away. And he told me I could turkey hunt anytime I wanted to there. We jumped a few deer, found some absolute deer highways. I left the day... in a way where I would only describe our relationship as being super best friends. Now, this guy's a very casual bow hunter who is about to learn a lot about bow hunting, and I'm a very serious bow hunter who is very happy to have some ground to hunt where the doe tags are unlimited and the drive to get there is like eight minutes. If I hadn't texted him, I'd have regretted it forever. But you know what? I figured it was going to be a no, and so my hindsight bias was actually wrong, dead wrong. The lesson there is this, my friends, despite us believing from time to time that we can actually predict the future, we can't. The best minds on Wall Street can't definitively say what company is going to have the next trillion dollar market cap any more than the average person can accurately predict the share price of any given publicly traded company at any point. The best minds in the hunting space don't know what the landscape looks like in 10 or 15 years. That's just the truth. Hell, they don't know what it looks like next year. We have to work with what we know and what we believe to be coming down the old pike, which is short for turnpike. And I only know this because I had to look it up and make sure that it wasn't actually supposed to be coming down the pipe, which makes more sense for modern humans and Super Mario Brother enthusiasts alike. The future is a mystery, but you can take a look at your life thus far and tally up some of your bigger regrets. Use that list to help you make better decisions from here on out. This, at least in the realm of hunting, will get you into more beautiful places. It'll help you fill more tags. It'll help you fill the freezer. It'll help you fill up that intangible part of yourself that just needs to spend some time in the woods to shake off the ick that comes from work and life and the not-so-fun stuff we fill our days with. So think about that and think about coming back next week because I'm going to talk about elk hunting or more specifically, how to get out on your first elk hunt before it's too late. That's it for this week, my friends. I'm Tony Peterson. This has been the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, which is brought to you by First Light. If you're out there sweating and you want to get some deer work done, you should at least check out our trace lineup from First Light. Super cool. It's it's built from fabric that really allows like a ton of breathability, and it's kind of become my go-to for a lot of my early season and my summertime stuff. You should also check out the Origin Pant, which is like this weird uh, pajama-type pant, but works really well for early season hunting. And as always, I want to thank you for listening and for your support for myself and Mark and everybody at Meteor here. We really appreciate you guys coming and, and giving us the support that you have. If you want to check out some more hunting content, head on over to TheMeatEater.com. You'll see tons of articles, video series, uh, how-to stuff, you name it. It's all there. Go check it out. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules 
from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more.